Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Running for California Senate for God, a conversation with Charlita Bassett. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, December 28th in the year 2023. Tonight we have a very special interview, and it's with a person who's been a big supporter of this channel for about three years. This is Charlita Bassett. At the time, I didn't even know who she was. She was a person on Twitter that reached over to me and and said she needed to get hold of me, and from there started an amazing relationship as a friendship of the things that she was able to provide and support and encouragement on the channel, just very unexpected. This was also a time long before I was introduced to the Church of Glad Tidings, and why this story becomes especially interesting and, and very godlike is that it was two years later that I was introduced to the Church of Glad Tidings with Pastor Dave Bryan. And it was at that time that I also learned that Charlita was a member of that church. So you can kind of see how God weaves things together. She's been called to run for California Senate. And I think what you'll find tonight is a very interesting story of somebody who's been called and truly is walking on a completely different perspective on how to run for office. It's running on kingdom authority and her belief and understanding that as she is called, that that way will be paved far beyond what we see as the obstacles that are put before us. After all, we do work, we work for, we are part of a God of miracles. So it's really a good story, encouraging one on how we can redefine the whole perspective of politics and move it from the, the ugliness of Babylon into the glory of kingdom. Uh, patriots, before we get going tonight, one thing that's very clear is our relationships right now in our country are being challenged. And everything about our, our nation, our economy, everything is under pressure. And one of those things that they're definitely targeting is the economy to try to put us all in a pinch to force us to our knees to be compliant with what their vision is. And this is going to be an ugly pressure that's going to continue. The dollar is currently falling. We can expect everything to fall apart in one point or another because of the amount of stresses they've put on this Ponzi scheme and fiat currency. That's going to affect everybody's retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks. If you have an existing IRA or 401k or need to set one up that's based in precious metals, the folks you need to get hold of are Birch Gold. The Birch Gold Group has been with Bars Nation for well over a year and a half. They've provided amazing service in getting precious metals backed, tax-deferred retirement systems set in place, and I'd encourage you to get hold of them. All you have to do is text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. That's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. And there you'll be able to get an information packet that will be sent to you. Read through that, get informed, and then pick up the phone and give them a call. It's that simple. They can help you, guide you in what you need to try to protect your retirement savings and a tax-deferred retirement accounts that are precious metals backed. Super important, especially in this time. So again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. That'll give you a free information packet from Birch Gold Group. Read through it, give them a call, and do that as quickly as possible. We have no time to waste in this time that we're in. Patriots, one thing that is evident in everything we do is that this government we are working for is full of lies. 
if there's one thing that this government does exceptionally well, it is lie. And this is, no, is, is very clear, even with this latest statement by Mayorkas. Take a listen. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. We know that's an absolute lie, but this is how they work their propaganda. Tell the lie multiple times, and enough times people will believe it. Unfortunately, we have a group of people that are locked into the belief in government. Now, Brad Miller, who is a former battalion commander for 101st Airborne, and he was at Bard's Fest, put up a post today I want to read, and I think it's important that we start to gain the perspective on the criticality of the time in which we are in. He wrote, in a quote, first of all, by Henry V, it was from Henry V in Shakespeare is how he begins the quote, and gentlemen, now abed, shall think themselves accursed they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap. And he writes, there are a lot of men across this nation that are asleep while their country hangs in the balance. If America falls, whether in whole or in part, and I'm not saying she will, but if she does, it will be because a majority of her sons were either nowhere to be found or were on the wrong damn side when she needed them most. If she is saved, it will be because we, happy few, didn't allow her to fall. The men now asleep will one day curse their own cowardice when they realize they faltered while their country stood in peril. Now, to remember the story on Brad Miller, he's been on this show. Brad Miller, former battalion commander for, for the 101st Airborne, resigned his commission because, and he had been a, a West Point graduate because they, he would not go along with the forced vax mandate. He has stood his ground and he's held his line to protect his soldiers. And unfortunately, the army drummed him out, which is typical of where we are right now. We're in a crisis in this nation. And it's a big one. And it's one that's challenging every level because the entire institution itself has now been taken over in one way or another by a cult of belief that we call woke, but at its core is truly satanic in its function. And it is all about trying to destroy God's children and the people, the, the people of God. They are out here right now as a replacement strategy to wipe us out, to leave a country completely disabled, and to hand it over lock, stock, and barrel to a World Economic Forum and a United Nations model that will develop a one-world government and one-world religion and put, ex, rewrite the histories of all things. And the only way they can do that is to create a crisis event. Crisis events, world wars, natural disasters, whatever they know is coming, and they've been prepping the ground for some time, are the things that allow them in the middle of crisis to wipe away history so people never remember. A good example of this is how much people in this country were willing to give away during 9-11. And there were a lot of people giving away everything. We gave away as a nation, lock, stock, and barrel, our entire constitution to a document called the Patriot Act. And when the Patriot Act was done, the constitution was dead. And it's been dead since. We've just seen the, the orchestration of what looks like a constitution playing out its game. Now, to be very clear, and I'm going to get harder and harder on this line, we are not going to solve this problem through presidents. So if you're one of those that's standing by the ground talking about how Trump is going to save us, Trump is not going to save us. If anything, Trump's going to take us farther in. He's part of the bigger play, which I'm increasingly going to because we're watching one side, one faction of the billionaires play out their hand and be exhausted while another faction of the billionaires tries to rope in the people to believe that they're saviors of the world. One of those is Elon Musk and the other those others, one of those is President Donald J. Trump. And their solutions are not going to be the benefit of the people. Musk is building Skynet right now while everybody celebrates his freedom of speech on Twitter, not realizing that Twitter is being set up to be the hub for the new currency and the social credit score so that whatever you post there, they know. 
Remember, when you open the doors to having people post freely, you're seeing a, a, con a convergence of things where they're able to take all of those names, those addresses, those comments, and tag you and already begin to build your social credit score. So as people are rushing to Twitter to an excitement of this new platform being free, and as Musk baits everybody in with his arguments to help the people of the world have a free speech, every comma that's being made is, on, is being tagged and tracked to be integrated into a modern social credit score that will affect everything in the way we function if you function within the beast system. And the beast system is, is horrible. And you're going to have two layers of it, in my opinion. The first layer will be the one everybody rejects. They'll fight for it. The second layer will be the one that traps most because it will be peddled by President Trump or Elon Musk or both or people like that that you, not you necessarily, but as people have looked at to say, there are great heroes. These men are all corrupt. They have one function in mind, and that is to ultimately enslave the people. It's only a matter of how they do it. And the, and the biggest part about success of enslaving the people is to use free will. As long as people embrace the idea of what they do, people will give away everything, and they'll do it gladly, and they will ultimately arrive at the point of Klaus Schwab, which is they own nothing, they rent everything, and they are happy. And there we go. So with that, we have to start looking to where the solutions are. And there are solutions, but they begin in different levels. What inspired me about Charlita Bassett is that she is running on a campaign with literally, I think she has $500 in her campaign fund right now. And it doesn't bother her at all because she was called. And she's had an amazing movement of, of intercessors and prayer people stand around her. There's been a lot of word from God that she needs to be in this. And the biggest win for her is not about winning the seat, but about bringing people to Christ. That's a change in the way we look at politics, because when we go about politics with true faith of kingdom, we know that God can move mountains, that he is the God of miracles. And when we place that before us in, the, in a walk in anything we do, money ceases to be an issue, obstacles cease to be an issue, and our faith in God is all that matters. So I'm going to introduce you now to Charlita Bassett. She's a friend. She's an amazing patriot. She's been a huge patron of this channel in many ways, and it is my honor to bring her tonight to hear what her position is on running for California Senate for the seat of Adam Schiff. Morning, we've got a really wonderful guest, very special in my life, someone who's been hugely supportive of this channel for a long, long time and supportive of my work. Uh, she happens to also be a member of the Church of Glad Tidings, which is a discovery that uh, I didn't even know in the beginning, which ends up being quite an amazing God connection. This is Charlita Bassett. She's now running for Senate in California. And against all odds, quite frankly, I think that uh, she's been called to do this in her, in her walk with God and has been endorsed by the Church of Glad Tidings and uh, Doc Pete Chambers and myself. I'm, I'm extending my endorsement today. And so it's nice to have her on. So Charlita, how are you? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about just what position you're running for and um, what that looks like in California. Well, the Lord gave me a dream about Diane Feinstein. And uh, she is the U.S. Senator for the state of California for over 30 years. So the seat's basically been owned by Democrats for decades. And the Lord just said to call her. And I had, I was seeing on the news 
that she was being mistreated by her daughters because she had lost her meta, her mental um, capabilities. So she signed over her she signed over her um, authority for her um, uh, her inheritance and everything. So they were fighting over that while she was still alive. And the Lord just told me to say that I loved her and that Jesus loved her and then say Jesus three times because she mentally is not there. And I was like, okay, Lord, this lady's really been evil. And the Lord said, it's not about you. It's about her. He designed her to do good things and she chose to take another path and he still wanted her to hear his name and so he said her soul would hear Jesus so I left a message in the San Francisco office and then also one at the DC office so I never know if, if she heard it or not but she died the next week and that's when the Lord said to file for her seat. So I was under the impression that you were running against Adam Schiff, but it's, is that correct or not? That is correct. So he's stepping in to, to fill in for Feinstein. Well, Gavin Newsom actually put somebody from another state in her seat when she passed away, which is weird. And he didn't choose anyone from the United States from California. Uh, and then Adam had already filed to run for her seat before she died because her term ends December of 2024. Hmm. Interesting. And I found out why. So as soon as she passed, because the people that filed for her seat that wasn't finished yet could double dip as far as fundraising. So the elections for that seat are November 5th for the for the main elections. Her seat expires on the, the December of the 2024. So they would only be in that seat for one month. But because they filed for her seat before she died, they get to get the double of what people would be able to donate for fundraising. It's just dirty. Oh, yeah. And it's all dirty. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. you. Let's get a little background for people to know who you are. Well, I, I became a Christian very, very young in my life. And the Lord uh, filled my um, spirit with the Holy Spirit when I was eight years old. So ever since then, I've always been so close to Jesus. And I just started seeing things and hearing things from the Lord at that very young age. And he's always been in charge of my life. I've just completely submitted myself to him. And then from there, you are now, what are you doing now? So um, I wanted to be a young mom. I got married when I was 17 and had six children. I lost two, and then from there, I um, just had a daycare, I landscaped, pour concrete, I like to shoot guns, 
I'm a big tomboy. I only had brothers. So I have been very active physically with my kids. And then I had that daycare for 19 years. From there, I um, was offered a seat on the city council. I do not like politics, but I love children. So I would um, complain about the kids that would walk to school. And the city administrator I babysit for said there was an open seat. So I went ahead and applied and I got that seat. And from there, I got all these commissions, the police, parks, electric, sewer and water. Basically, the guys gave me all of the commissions because they didn't want to read the paperwork. So at nap time, I would read this paperwork for the daycare, when the daycare is sleeping and found out there was a lot of things going on that were not right. So I called a special council meeting and the town heard about some of the corruption that was going on. And they came and said they didn't want the mayor to be the mayor anymore. They wanted me to be the mayor. But I didn't even know if I was the Republican or a Democrat or what, because I didn't like politics. I only wanted a safe way for the kids to get to school. So anyway, I became mayor, figured out what I was. I looked it up at the county. <laughs> I signed up so young, I just didn't know. And from there, I ended up running again after that seat expired and won by 77%. Um, my park for the kids wasn't finished and another sidewalk for them on the other side of town. And then my term ended in 2005. Now you have a, you and your husband have a business now, right? Yes, we have a manufacturing business. And what do you do? In the manufacturing business, we have a foundry where we pour on brass and nickel doors uh, and legs. And then we also bend all the metal and cut it to make pellet stoves. We used to do wood stoves, but during COVID, they wanted us to send the money to the testing facility and not go. And then if it wouldn't pass, they'd keep the 100000 And we're like, no, that isn't happening. So you've seen a lot of the, the pressures as a small business and small manufacturing of this current mentality in socializing industry, correct? Huge. Stop. We have been the last manufacturer in the state of California for stoves for four years now. What's that fight look like? Well, the EPA has showed up at our shop unannounced from Washington, D.C. And they didn't even declare who they were, which is not illegal. Um, I'm, I'm always kind so I was just nice and visited with the man. And finally, he said why he was there. He was saying if we had any stoves on the floor that were not EPA approved. And he stayed at the shop probably seven hours. And finally, he did find the problem. And it was on our website. 
it didn't show the pellet stove testing that has to be uploaded to your website. So in all of his kindness, he said he wouldn't find this. And I asked him if knew if what particulates were. And he said, no. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. The EPA is, is supposed to know what particulates are and how many are released per hour and what each state is required to have that emissions at. So I asked if he'd ever even built up a, a wood stove fire. And he said, no, all he'd used is uh, coal and oil. So I said, how'd you get your job? And he said he was given it. He was just appointed. And I said, it must be difficult when you don't know what a particulate is. So he asked me what a particulate was. And I said, you flew all the way from Washington, D.C. to check us. And you don't even know what a particulate is. So I'll explain the science behind it. <laughs> so I did. And, and then he said that um, he needed to leave. I think he was a little bit annoyed with me. And then he, I thought he was going to somebody else's manufacturing business. But he said we were the only one in California. So it's just kind of weird that he just targeted us. He just wanted to find out why we were still open, basically. So what's your focus now for California? I mean, this is a state that's could become massively controlled by tech and the corrupt mm -hmm. politics of the nation and, and big the tech is probably the worst corruptor of all in California, among others, because there's a California used to be a pretty solid red state, not anymore. You know, the state of California actually has more registered Republicans than Democrats. So that tells you the corruption level because Republicans generally just vote down the line Republicans. Sadly, they're spineless. And a lot of Republicans and Democrats are are corrupted. They're they've been bought out or sold. So my my thing of what California needs is Jesus. There needs to be a purging of the seats that have been held by these corrupt people. And the first thing that I really look at when I see Diane's feet, it's just spiritual warfare and witchcraft. It's been used for such an evil reason over the state of California. So I've just been praying that the Lord would use me according to what he called me for. And that is to intercede on behalf of the people. You brought up something, and that's that term, intercede. That's intercessory. So talk a little bit about yes. that. So intercessory prayer is actually exhausting. It's It reminds me of when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was laboring to enter into God's rest, which is in Hebrews, the the laboring part, because it's not easy to enter into rest. 
And so you labor over what the Lord lays on your heart to break. And God keeps just showing me the frequencies, which to me would be Silicon Valley and the manipulation of the voting machines. And then the witchcraft and the sacrifices that have happened in the state of California, especially from Hollywood. So I labor in prayer until I feel a breakthrough and just pray. But I always take communion before I start interceding because the power of the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can break strongholds. And so I try to operate from God's authority as his child from his throne room to break contracts that have been taken there against people and, and cities in California and just denounce it by the blood of Jesus. Using that as a part of your campaign approach? It is. Unique. It's not about politics at all. Let's it's talk about, about breaking strongholds. Yeah, let's dig into that. Because I think that's what we're missing a lot in this politics, because it's not a political fight. We're dealing no. with the spiritual warfare. Let's dig into that a little bit. Go ahead. So in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of our ways, we need to acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. So here I am, a mother and a grandmother, and I'm running for a seat that's jumping over all of these politicians. And they're annoyed because I didn't go up the social ladder to be a politician. And I could care less because God called me and I said, if you give me three um, confirmations, Lord, I will file. So my thoughts from what the Lord have just shown me is that each day I'll just take one step at a time and he'll open the doors as he needs. And my race is not about politics, about polls, and it's not going to even be on their um, radar because I am nothing compared to them. They have millions of dollars and I don't even have 600 in my fundraising account and I could care less. And it's not that I don't need it because there are expenses for traveling. But the point that's so sad to me is all this money in the people's accounts. They say that it's all from donors. It's not. It's like Soros, Rockefellers, um, or BlackRock, Ford Motor that's owned by China. And people are struggling to even to make their house payment or put food on their table, gas in their car. And it's so wrong. And I just say, Lord, if it's your will for me to be in that seat, I would be so honored if there wasn't even a lot of money in that account. And it was just an amazing miracle 
that people know that God's still alive and his authority supersedes any power and dominion over this earth. What I love about this is we talk a lot about on the show, the idea of witnessing the miracles of the living God. And what you're yes. really talking about here is running in politics, which we are so corrupted, but you're stepping in as, as God's called and you're truly running on a platform of faith and the miracles of his blessing. Would you agree? Yes, that's exactly right. And so with that, you bring hope and love Okay. back to the, the human soul and to know that Jesus is the one who owns the United States, that he owns the USA, not man. It was founded on God and it was founded on the Ten Commandments, actually, the um, Constitution. That's very good. That's very good. So as you're going forward, you're already starting to receive re resistance from the Republican Party, correct? Oh, yeah. So I announced on Friday, the 15th of December, that I was officially in the race. And there was one lady that just stalked us all over the reawakened tour. She wouldn't get close to me. She'd stay about probably six feet away. But she tried to take some of my intercessors that were praying um, and ask them to go to her campaign because I would take votes away from her, that I had no right to run, that have been um, approved since November 17th. And I had um, her follow me to the stage when I went to go speak. And right before I walk up the stairs, the Lord said, do not take that speech. You are going up there in my name, and I'll tell you what to say. So I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> so I just handed my campaign manager my notes and went up there and just said what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. And I got a standing ovation, which basically to me is for the Lord. It was like saying the name of Jesus put chills through the whole entire crowd. It was beautiful. And then I had a, a little prayer at the end. And I asked anyone that was able to um, to stand up and say, the USA belongs to Jesus. And then as one. And as one goes back to a Roman um, move that they would have as, in gladiators, and that would be connecting shields. So as the enemy would come out of the gates, which is hell, basically, and, and the devil and their chariots, they would connect shields and say, as one, because the chariots, as they'd go by, would tip over from these tilted shields. And being as one, I take it as of God's symbolism, if we connect as one body and believe in Jesus and know the power and authority that he's given his children, we will conquer evil. Now, this was at the Reawaken Tour that you were referring to earlier recently? 
Yeah, it was um, last Friday, I think. Yeah, no, maybe it was a little bit further back. The woman that um, followed me, um, she's been campaigning for two years. So she went and stood at the bottom of the stairs after I went up. And my team had went to the front of the stage. So I have Clay Clark standing at the stairs. And then Don A. Clement, Kim Clement's daughter, the late Kim Clement. And she, the lady was saying to Clay during my speech that she should get a talk too. And Clay said, I'm sorry, you're not on the schedule. So she turns to Don A., which is on video. Her husband videotapes everything. And she told her that I've only been running two weeks, that I had no right to run. And Donna had a beautiful response. She said, God's preparing her, her entire life for this moment. And it's stepping out in faith because God told her to, because it's not about her. It's about having God's glory shine in a seat that is not owned by anyone except God. So she left. <laughs> You also had uh, one of the Trump people there, and you had General Flynn there, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Did you get General endorsements Flynn from that? General Flynn was there. Um, Eric Trump, Devin Nunes, Cash Patel, Laura Trump, a lot of pastors from all over the United States. It, it was really amazing. And my team actually um, prayed for so many people in the audience. I couldn't see the people crying. I had no idea. I saw them stand up and they said, as one with me, and that uh, Jesus owns the USA. But I didn't know they were crying. So a lot of my intercessory prayer group actually just confront, you know, went up to some of these people that were really having a hard time just crying and they actually accepted Jesus as their savior. So to me, no matter if I win or lose, Jesus won because if someone's saved and they accepted the Lord, to me, that's a win. Just one person. Yeah, that's an interesting thing I think we forget is what's the main objective is of the campaign itself. So really, I mean, when you're walking, you're running on this, this may not even be it, we hope it would be, but we hope we could also be about a bigger win, which is to bring people to Christ. Would you agree? Amen. Absolutely. So what's your plan moving ahead then in, in getting your name out and to get yourself past some of this blockade of the GOP? You're, you're, you're not able to be promoted, I think you told me before the show, on the GOP ballot. Right. But are you on the ballot? I am on the ballot. But the GOP has their own little rules and they mail out a flyer just to the Republicans. And basically it's saying that they vetted this person, they like them, vote for this person. So the people take this flyer to their ballot booth and just vote down the line, the Republican that the GOP says they like. And what's that doing for your, your circulation? I How is that limited? So my name's only gonna get around across the airwaves. I think the only way that the Lord's going to be able to do this is through a miracle and people like you 
and being on podcasts, even my um, social media is being suppressed. So I'm not allowed to even comment on it because we're trying to protect my 18 grad kids. And then um, I have to go to another city to use somebody else's device to even comment on any of my um, social media. Now you, you're being supported by the Church of Glad Tidings, right? Yes, Pastor Dave and Cheryl are endorsing me. And did you also get an endorsement from Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired? Yes, uh, an endorsement from Pete Chambers. And um, you, thank you so much for the amazing honor. Uh, General Flynn, Roger Stone, a couple of doctors, um, Judy Mikovits. Uh, there's some others that we're waiting for, but I, I won't say that I have them until I actually have it in my hand, just because I don't want it to seem like it's not true. But you did get an endorsement from General Flynn? Yes. That's outstanding. Really good. Yeah, it's been awesome. That's really good. I had a prophecy spoken over me from a man from India, and he'd come to the church. I'd never heard of him, and... He's a forensic prophet. I'd never heard of that either. So we go and we sit there and he asks his interpreter to tell everyone to turn off the live stream. He's, he doesn't speak English. He has an interpreter. Automatically, my heart starts pounding and he starts to say my name. So this man can't speak English. And he's saying one of the hardest names. <laughs> no one says my name right. So he started saying Charlotte, Charlita. And everyone in the whole church knew it was me. So Pastor Dave asked me to stand up. And I went and stand, stood in the middle aisle. And he started saying things like, the Lord is going to remove my past. And he's giving me keys to open doors in front of me because the Lord needs my voice, because my voice is not, um, I can't remember the word he used. It was, it was, I just love everyone. That That's basically what it meant. I don't see color, I see hearts. And it was amazing because he started saying, who is Tom? And so they made my husband stand up, which <laughs> he's, he's, he doesn't like, public attention <laughs> so he's standing beside me and he starts telling my husband that the doors are going to start closing behind him and moving us into a new place in our life and then he said what's december 15th and pastor dave said she's announcing she's running for u.s senator he said it after that that um angels of authority and um, politi polit politics, he said that they would go before me and the blood of Jesus would cover the ground and anoint the people that walk in the steps that I walk. And that he would be bringing people from our church and using our church for the world. And it was just, it was so mind blowing because it was so detailed. And then he asked what one of my grandchildren told me to run for Senate. 
that was one of my confirmations. My 14-year-old grandson said, Grammy, I think you should run for Senate. So the prophecy was very long. It's two pages long. Someone typed it for me because the live stream was off. But it's been interesting seeing the things happen that he declared in that prophecy that are already coming to pass. That's pretty amazing. It's been amazing. So I've been having India call me and they call me in the night to pray over the United States. You're kind of redefining the whole concept of running on this platform because you're not going about this in any other way than turning it over completely to God, laying it all down and saying, it's either you or nothing. Is that a fair assessment? That is absolutely correct. Which I think is extremely powerful at this point in time. And I, and I, I just say this from a different point of view because when I heard you were running and you told me, it's and even in my heart, it wasn't that you were, whether it was about winning or losing, you've already won. Because yes. you've walked into a place to say that we're not going to accept politics as is. We're going to step yes. in here on another authority. I think this is so important because one of the biggest complaints I have in, about politics is this nepotism and, and good old boy program that always fires up through all the money that comes in. Because all they're doing is channeling money to their buddies. And the, the millions and millions that flow into politics are lining the pockets of the ad agencies and the political types. And they're just yeah. building these industries of nothing. There's, it's a nonsense, worthless world of, of influence. And that is all it is. Because these people then turn into lobbyists. They turn into engines to, to, to convert the direction of the nation, to try to shape things for the outcome of what they want in their game and their field. And right. the only way we're really going to have reform is a moral shift in this nation. And Absolutely. So what's your thoughts on that? Because we need to have a moral shift. If we don't have a moral shift, we're not getting back to family. We're not getting back to the root. We're not getting back to what we need to do to restore this nation. It, it really comes back to us, Scott. I have to fall on my face and humble myself before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Because I became complacent as a Christian. You get busy taking care of your kids and you run around trying to get their braces and you're trying to make sure the vacuum's fixed, just the basic stuff. And the Lord just said, you repent daily. And the American people have got to repent and ask for forgiveness because we only can function and go forward in his name. And the reason I say that is so many people are afraid. They're afraid of getting locked up like the J6ers. They're afraid of seeing people say wrong is right and right is wrong. They're tired of the police being defunded. This evil that's in our land is not politics. It's against God and, and Satan. And people need to remember, too, that Jesus is not equal to Satan. Jesus is above Satan. Satan's nothing but a loser and a fallen angel. And until we step out in the authority of Jesus and have no fear and say that, just like I'm doing because I'm a mom and a grandma, I'm saying no fear. And, and I... I don't operate from the ground up. 
I operate from the throne room down because my soul is God's. This body means nothing. It doesn't matter to me if they want to judge me by the dollars in my account because that's man's way of judging your worth. I'm a child of the king and so are the people in this state. And I'm so tired of hearing the negative things about California. And it's not the people, it's the government. And these nasty things like Planned Parenthood that they put in here and they've twisted it and made it sound like it's to help women. It's devastating their life. They don't ask how those women are. They just are trying to get their abortions. And it's just such a heartbreaking thing to God. He has done. So he's raising people up like me, just the common mom that has a strong faith in my Savior to say no fear. And it says that in the Bible too. 365 times. So every single day, people need to get up and say no fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. It absolutely is. And it's also the most destructive piece in this war. I'm just yes. getting people separated from God. Yes. You don't really have a campaign staff per se. It's yourself and some volunteers from the church. And you're waging war against a, a state with the Bible and your faith. Unlimited resources. Yeah. yeah. We, we have about 10 people on my, my campaign. That's pretty amazing. I think, I think that was, did you say limited resources? The state actually has unlimited resources. Was, we have limited resources. Well, I guess that would be perspective, wouldn't it? Because you actually do have unlimited yeah. resources because you have kingdom. Yes, that's true. And you have something greater than them, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it reminds me of the scripture in the Bible in Second Corinthians 10, 4, where we use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons to tear down the devil's strongholds. That's the truth right there. So do you have a website? Yeah. Yes, I have a website. It's my name, which is S-H-A-R-L-E-T-A and then Bassett, B-A-S-S-E-T-T dot com. And they can contribute there if they go to the website? Yes, there's a QR code, a volunteer code, and it'll show you all my different links and some of the videos. That's awesome. Well, Charlita, I, I yeah. think you, you've got awesome. something very powerful here. So um, we always close with a prayer. I'm going to close thank with you. a prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for this time with Charlita. It's just a really exciting transformation of what politics should be, just anchoring that truly in kingdom and our faith in you setting aside that one thing that seems to catch us all, which is the faith in money rather than putting our faith in all that you bring. So, Father, we just, today we just ask for a blessing and a massive anointing over Charlita. And whatever resources are needed as kingdom calculates resources, let them flow and let them flow freely. And from heaven down to all of that she's doing to expand the hearts of the people to make this a greater campaign and a greater platform to receiving Jesus in people's hearts. And in the process, 
Let us pray as well for the blessings of being able to take the seat in the Senate to bring that love of Christ into our capital and to wage war against mm-hmm. those of the darkest. So, Father, we ask that you raise her up, provide a hedge of protection around herself and Tom and their business to continue to protect that in the name of Jesus with a bloodline that runs infinitely up and infinitely down. And just to ensure, Father, as we move forward here, that they are walking everything in your name and that all that is you stays and all that is not gets burned away. And to bless her on this walk in the most amazing way. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. It's just great. And I'm excited you're going to keep me informed as we go along. I'll get your endorsement over to you a little bit later so you can have that. And just we're really praying for you because this is a fantastic transition to how we see politics. And I think probably one of the most powerful parts about all of this is that your faith is greater than what you desire in building the Babylonian wealth. And I think that speaks volumes to where you're going. Yeah, it's not about me. It's about the people. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Charlene. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you so much. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye. Well, Patriots, that was Charlita. That was Charlita Bassett. And she is literally redefining an approach to how we do politics. We're seeing more and more of this as people get called and they're getting called by God. Cam Hamilton, Navy SEAL, who was at Bards Fest, same thing. He was called. He and I prayed on this, and he was then led to to run his campaign against all odds. And Charlene is another. There's others in this country that are doing the same. It's speaking very deeply to what God is doing in moving the the, the game, so to speak, the, the the game board, and putting it in His people in place. And really, the bigger win here is, as we're saying, is not about winning the seat, though that would be neat. It is the bigger win of bringing people to Christ. And I think that's the most important thing we need to remember. What she talked about here, which is so important, is the fearlessness. And we talked about this over the last couple of days, the rising focus to try to merge in the agencies of our government the concept of hate speech, which is just a a nice catch-all term to create censorship and destroy the First Amendment, and merge that with domestic terrorism. And that's the discussion that's literally going on between the Department of Defense and all of our agencies to try to be able to prosecute and persecute people for hate speech under the categories of domestic terrorists. That is anything that you say in terms of calling for within the legal boundaries of what our Declaration of Independence says, that we should have the, we have the duty to overthrow this government that is a tyranny. We have a duty to hold these people in the Pentagon and our government accountable for treason and crimes against humanity. Any of these things like that, they are going to try to claim this as hate speech because the government now is in a position to protect themselves. Now, the question is, and Charlene pointed this out, and someone else pointed this out to me today as well, that because of the J6 event, people are afraid. That is a worthless way to fight a fight. If you are afraid, you're in the wrong game because you're walking with God. And you have Jesus with you, and if you don't understand what that means, there is no fear in that place, fearlessness. And that means that you also have to carry a cross of potential persecution. That's part of the walk. That's the martyrdom spirit. And we have to get into that mindset because this is not going to solve itself with patty cake and side side servings of, of crepes and cinnamon rolls. 
This is literally going to get into the trenches and having to face these people head on and to know that we carry the mightiness of kingdom, the authorities given to us by Jesus, to be able to stand against this evil, rebuke it and crush it, and know that God's with us at all times. So that fearlessness is what's, what has been lacking. I've said this many times, though, the fearlessness that we are needing needs to come from men. And unfortunately, that has been another weak component of all of this is too many men have been sitting on the sideline, not even be willing to speak up. That is beginning to shift, fortunately. And we're starting to see some real warriors step up now in line here to fight side by side, which is tremendous. We've had a tremendous strength in our women in this nation. Thank God, literally. And that is a beautiful thing, but it is now time for the men to stand up because we need it. This is the hour. We are dealing with tyrannical attack against our families, against our children, and it's not stopping. And it's coming at every single tier in our society and the structures that have been built because this is the asymmetric war to try to unseat us and to destroy any possibility of ever reestablishing the root and the seed of a great nation. So it's going to take some real courage to stand on this line and face this tyranny. And that means courage to go out on the point of the spear and call it for what it is. We are living under a tyranny. In our Declaration of Independence, this referred to despotic government. That despotic government is by our own authorities, given to us by the Declaration of Independence. It is our right and underlying this word, duty, to throw off such forms of government because they are not representative of the people anymore. The only thing they are representative of is a ruling elite class. And everybody in our government that is abiding by their rules, thinking they're doing the right thing at the end of the day, will be held accountable for traitors and treason against this nation. End of story. I've said it openly about those on the border. If you're in the border patrol and you're allowing this border to open and be open, you're violating your oath to the Constitution. At the end of the day, there will be no forgiveness given in the court of law that will be reestablished by the people of this country. You will be held accountable, which probably means something pretty dark when it comes to the charges of treason to a nation. And that goes right on up the ladder from there. And for all of those in the government that were complicit in, in distributing this death shot, for those that were complicit in mandating that death shot on our military, all of you, generals, people in government, SES class, all of you, you will ultimately be held accountable for Nuremberg crimes and crimes against humanity. That is where it's going. But these people know this, and that's why they continue to push in hard on it and try to incite greater fear in the hearts of the men and women of this nation so that people will not stand up. And that's the exact wrong answer. Someone like Charlita, that's a courageous lady. She is stepping forward into the space because God's called her, knowing that she doesn't get a big security entourage. She doesn't have massive funding in her campaign. She has what she knows she needs. She has Jesus in her heart, and she's going to stand boldly in the gap, and she's going to speak the truth with the ultimate goal as she goes along of bringing as many people to Christ as she can. That's the big win. And so she understands that. And that's why I love this whole perspective of what she's doing, because she ultimately is redefining how we see politics. I just want to, as we start to close out tonight, I want to put things in a real different perspective to really understand what all of this is about. And I'm going to play a piece that was sent to me today. It was actually published six years ago. And this account only has 1.5 thousand subscribers, small account. It's by someone called Sandro Martinelli. And I want you to hear this song called, it's, it's with the lyrics, it's Thank You is what it's called. Take a listen. So many times 
Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And it's all that we are fighting for is truly the power of understanding of fearlessness in this walk, to understand that no matter what the cost, we have to walk forward. We walk forward with him in all things. We walk forward with our faith greater than anything else in this world. There is no obstacle that he cannot overcome. 
And there's no obstacle that we cannot overcome with him. He is the God of miracles. He's the way maker. And so, Patriots, this is really a time when we start to look at this world very differently. We're heading into a big year, 2024. This fight's going to get intense. They're going to do everything they can to divide, to submit us to them, to force us to our knees. And we'll never bow. And that's what fear is, what is the greatest fear for them is that we won't. So they'll increase the pain because that's what tyrannies do. They will increase the threat because that's what tyrannies do. They will try to shake people to the core where people are so afraid that they'll be afraid to speak out. That's when you speak out twice as loud. And you never, ever bow, ever. You stay on the tip of the spear, you walk on the point of the spear, and you never step off of it. Because it's there, it's there. You find the fearlessness and the power of what God gives us. And when you stand there, they are afraid. And the more you stand there, the more they quake. And the more boldly you stand there, the more that they will ultimately fall. Our job right now as a remnant is to lead people to Christ, to raise up a nation into the body of Christ, to give them that fearlessness to stand in this hour and to bring kingdom to earth. Our authorities have been given to us, there's no question. And as we stand in that place and we stand mightily in this hour together, we understand truly what's at stake. It's humanity. They want the children, they want the families, they want to destroy everything that is God. And under no circumstances will I ever let that happen on my watch, and I hope you won't either. This is a time when we reach for the word and we get deeper in the word. This is when we stick, step deeper in our faith. We stop looking at the flesh. We begin to bury ourselves in the spirit, and we know that wherever we are, God is with us. All of our relationships we have now have to elevate up to another level. We have to have our root and our love and, and embedded in each other in such a way that no matter what happens, we transcend the fear of the flesh and we stand in the glory and the mightiness of heaven. That's walking in the spirit. And when we're there, you're free. And there's nothing they can ever take away from you, no matter what they do to you. So the tribes are uniting. The people are awakening. God's children are coming to the line. And this is the hour in which we're called. And mark, my, mark this, because this year will be a year that will test all of that. Put yourself in the word, pray a lot, and pray a lot more. And be ready at all times and never stop praying because we will, we will collapse these strongholds. And whatever war they decide to wage on us, we will win because we have God. And he is the maker of all things. And he dwarfs anything they do. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to be